good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or perhaps even good night, depending on where you're joining us. Thank you for tuning in to the Cauliflower Chronicles podcast. Oh, I heard a beep. Does that yeah. mean someone's joined us? Hello, Travis. Can you hear me? I can. <gasps> Fantastic. The technology is working. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually fairly tired. <laughs> I, I, I'm not surprised. It is very early for you, isn't it? <laughs> it's fairly early. Yeah, and I had a pretty late night last night. <laughs> well, as long as it was a good night, that's the main thing. As long as it, it, was, was... it was a very good night, so it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for you know for taking the time to join us. I'd like to say I know it's early as it as it is, and if you're not feeling at your best, then I know it's probably even harder to have got up to join us this morning. So, thank you for for doing that, man. Thank you so much for for coming on board. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, been a long time since I spoke to you. I know, and um, I was d- just doing a little bit of recording just to kind of give a bit of background as to you know how I know you, where I know you from, and and that sort of thing. But um, I suppose it's probably a good idea if we start off with you just introducing yourself and saying a little bit about, you know, where you are and who you are and what you do, if you're, if you're happy to do that, as long as you're all, you know, coffee ready and everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess first things first, uh, my name's Travis. I run Dark Horse Martial Arts out here in Canmore, Alberta. Do I have to do it? probably do the full UFC thing like throw Canada on that uh, <laughs> right that, that's how it goes down so that everyone knows where I'm from uh I'm pretty much right in the Rocky Mountains like, so it's it's a beautiful area uh I love this place I, I drove to my club because this is where I do my podcasts and you just get to see the mountains and the sun glimmering off of them every day. <laughs> and Already, then... I am jealous, man. I, I can see that view in my mind, and it's just yeah, it's it's breathtaking, isn't it? It really. Oh, it's beautiful. I love it. This this is my home. <laughs> I can't believe it. Most days, everyone's like, "Well, you know, it's gonna wear off, and then it's just gonna be a place that you live." And I've been here since 2013, and Still, every day I look up at those mountains, I can't believe that this is where I live. It's one of those things I think almost you, you don't realize it's real sometimes, do you? You kind of look and you think, is, is that actually there? Is that, you know? 100%. It's, it's incredible. And then you get the mornings like this morning, the sun is just starting to come up and it's hitting the tops of the mountains. So it kind of makes them look like they're on fire. It's yeah, it's a lovely, lovely view. Man, I I, I really you know, I, I really miss Canada as I've said to you before, and I, I you know, I think it's one of those places that everybody needs to visit at least once because it's all well and good hearing people, you know, like yourself and I saying how beautiful it is, but until you actually see it yourself, I think it's you can't really put it into words, can you? Not effectively anyway. It's not not at all. I think that you definitely have to at least travel here. Maybe if you watch a whole bunch of videos, but still being in awe of how big the mountains are really sets you in your place. 
and seeing some of the wildlife that travels through here too. You, you you look at them and I don't know every now and then you you think about it in a in my mind I think about it in a jujitsu aspect I'm like oh yeah I could definitely jujitsu a bear and then you see a bear and then you're like that that's like a one year old and it would wreck me <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's all well and good you know being able to you know do a bit of jujitsu but ultimately you've only got to outrun your friends haven't you if you see a bear I mean that's the <laughs> that's what I've always been told anyway exactly funny enough we were talking about that last night <laughs> just don't be the slowest among your group of friends right yeah yeah we plot we practice dirty leg locks over here, so all I have to do is do a quick heel hook, Imanari roll into it, Imanari roll out of it, and keep going. <laughs> See, yeah, I mean, the, the bear is not going to expect that at all, right? He's not going to have seen that, you know, that injury, I'm sure. So, so he gets dinner and a show, so it's perfect. What more could he <laughs> ask for? <laughs> oh... Well, I, I'm sure that people are, you know, expecting a little bit of martial arts talk with, with us today, but, you know, they will still get a lot of Canada. I'm, you know, I'm adamant of that because that's boundless to, to come out. But you mentioned leg locks there and you, you mentioned them being dirty leg locks. Uh, <laughs> I know that there's, there's a lot of contro- almost controversy around people using leg locks and things. I just wondered what your kind of take on them was. And obviously, you know, there's a you know, a certain amount of um, restriction on people for competition and things. But what do you think about people training in the early stages of their martial arts development? Is it something that you think is useful for them or something that you think would be better weighted until you're a little bit more experienced? Um, I'm very big on the idea of pretty much giving people everything that they're going to see, say, in a tournament that they would get. And the more knowledge you have, the safer the mats can be. So I, I teach leg locks almost right out of the gates. And it depends on when the student comes in to the club because I have a, I don't have a set teaching curriculum, but I do, if I'm teaching, say, 411 one night and new members there, they're getting some 411 knowledge and they might look at a heel hook, but we don't actively practice the heel hooks on the new people. I just want to have them know, have the knowledge on the mats. That way they know when to tap, they know what not to do, like spin out of it at a crazy angle or just kind of freak out where they can injure themselves or their training partner. Sure. That makes a lot of sense to have that approach. I, I couldn't agree more with you there. I think it's something that's ultimately going to be useful for people to just have an awareness of, right? Other than having a, a big shock factor when it comes in. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, especially with them coming to more prominence these days, I think uh, I think it's vital to train them. And I call them dirty leg locks just because I think it's funny that people still have that stigma around them. <laughs> but uh, you look at, they're, they're, I wouldn't say that they're any more dangerous than like an armbar. An armbar is probably the most dangerous because you can crank it and it's just small little muscles in your arm that are going to go. Yeah, for I sure. Think the, 
I think the problem is, is uh, you have to use your legs to walk every day. You, you can, you can use one arm for most jobs, but you need two legs or a lot of us would to get around. Sure. Yeah. We're not adapted that, that way. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit more dependency on, on both being, uh, being available yeah. for us for most. Well, I get that. I completely agree with you there. Have you got a favorite leg lock? That you... <laughs> oh, 100%. I, I'm all about that inside heel hug. I, I can hear the smile in your face now as you're talking about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I've been playing around with heel hooks. Uh, I started, it was funny because I started when, um, I don't know if you, you know, but uh, Roy Harris. Yes, yes. Yeah. I know. Well, I know of Roy Harris. I'm not saying you're know, close or anything, but no. Yeah. So he's my professor's professor. Right. And he had a seminar out here when I was still, I was like a four-stripe white belt. And it, the first day was triangles, and then the second day was only colored belts. And I went to my instructor, and I was like, hey, do you think that... um I could come in and join that one because I was new. I didn't know much, but I wanted to. And he's like, and he was shocked by me wanting to just come up to it. And he's like, right. yeah, for sure. And we learned heel hooks. So as a four stripe white belt, I'm learning heel hooks from one of the dirty dozen. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fantastic place to learn from though, right? If you're going to have exposure to leg locks, then you want it from one of the dirty dozen for sure. Oh, definitely and his way of teaching is phenomenal so it, it was like the most detail-oriented uh way to learn them other than maybe a danaher video right I, like i say i've never trained or you know had the um, experience of attending a seminar from roy harris but i have uh speaking of the dirty dozen been lucky enough to attend a couple of john wills seminars Oh, and maybe it's something along the lines of, you know, when those guys were learning or when those guys were, you know, all together that something just, you know, molded their way of teaching, right? And it's just made them so effective at getting points across and, and really making things accessible for everybody. Um, you know, there's a lot of good coaches out there now for sure, as you, you, know, you mentioned Danaher and countless others. But I think those guys, the dirty dozen guys, are really – Sort of something special, aren't they? If you ever get the chance to to be be alongside them or on the mats with them, oh, definitely. It's a it's an experience. I mean, you're learning from people that really didn't have anything other than like random teachers around the world that knew these little secrets and knew this. It's still a very like secretive yep. martial art. Yep. So it, it's, yeah, every time that he's up here, I try and hit up that seminar. So it's awesome to learn from him. Is that something that, well, obviously with restrictions and things at the moment, that's unlikely, but is that usually an annual thing that happens or is it just as and when he's available for? Uh, so he has two black belts up here. He has, well, that I'm aware of, he has Brian Bird and then he has Lee Mean. Uh, down in Lethbridge so every now and then he'll come up to Calgary and put one on like once a year and then he'll 
put another one on down Lethbridge and I try right. to hit both up just because over here, I guess, traveling like three to four hours, that's not a big thing for us. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a normal drive. <laughs> that's a normal commute to work, isn't it, for, for Canadians? <laughs> as long as you've got a big flask of uh, Tim Hortons and some Timbits to see you through, you'll be fine. I mean, it's... Exactly. <laughs> you, you just got to prep it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but I can, I can taste those tin bits now. Just thinking about them, just you know, little box of—is it eight or ten? They come in. Can't remember, uh, but you know, <laughs> a box of like ten, twenty, or fifty now. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Oh, I know what I'm going to have as soon as I get back over, assuming that I you know, make it at some point this year. Um, <laughs> we're salivating while recording this now. Nice. I'll bring in a. I'll bring in a box so that you can have a few. Oh, trip. thank you. Very kind of you. Thank you. Sir. <laughs> uh, I mean, we we kind of touched a little bit there on some of you know our sort of favourite coaches and things, and I know you mentioned let's say Roy Harris there and John Will for me. But is there any other particular instructors that you really enjoy or really enjoyed seminars or that you really want to kind of get to a seminar? You know, from any particular sort of favorite coaches for you? Um, I think learning wise, Roy Harris's seminars are amazing, but uh, personality wise and entertainment wise, and just one that was all around an amazing time was uh, Richie Martinez. So, the Boogeyman. Oh, right. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I hit up a seminar. He came up to Edmonton and uh, put one on, and it was a lot of the uh, Dars Choke and Rubber Guard and a whole right. bunch of stuff. And it was it was just amazing. That, that was definitely that was one of my favorites for sure. He's an awesome guy, and he's, all, he's more in line with. Uh, my club mentality i guess so right <laughs> i think that's a big thing sometimes as well it's just getting that right personality for someone to get stuff across to you right and i've never let's say attended any richie martinez seminars but I'm not, I, yeah that would be uh that would be something to uh to remember i'm sure <laughs> it it was yeah it was pretty intense because he's uh He's a celebrity in our world, right? Right. He's yep. one of those guys that's frontline hitting all the big shows and stuff. And yep. I actually got to roll with him at the end of it. Okay. And he had rolled through like 12 people. And then I finally got like the opportunity and I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> and he is strong. He's agile. He's amazing timing. It was, it was, uh, it was one of my most treasured roles, I think, in my mind. Did you manage to get any recordings of it, or were you just uh, uh, trying to remember everything at the time? Uh, I did get a record, I think. I don't know. I'd have to look through my phone. Um, <laughs> I did hand my phone to uh, one of my friends. I was like, hey, hey, record it. I, and it might be on there. I'm not 100%. <laughs> I haven't went through it in a while. You, you've taken it on faith that they did that. <laughs> a lot of trust sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> Every now and then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the uh, kind of, you know, I was going to say recent sort of things that have happening in, uh, in martial arts, I wonder if you've seen the... Um, the, the little story that's popped up recently with Orlando Sanchez. Have you have you seen oh, this? Oh yeah, 
Orlando Sanchez and Sean Strickland. And um, I've asked a, a sort of a couple of people's opinions on this, and I'd just be interested to get your opinion on how it all sort of came together, really, and um, what your thoughts are around the reaction that Sean Strickland had to the to the event. Um, for for anyone listening that doesn't know what we're we're alluding to. There was a training session that was seemingly recorded uh, probably about a week or so ago now where Sean Strickland was attending a training camp uh, for an upcoming fight that Orlando Sanchez was also a part of. And from what I understand, there was conversations alluding to the fact that Orlando Sanchez was a, a you know, well-decorated and well-medalled black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Sean would do well to have a role with him and there were some words exchanged and things and Orlando accepted a, a grappling match and there was a an incident where it seems as though Orlando went for what's been referred to as a, a bit of a, a using the phrase a, a dick move in going for a very fast armbar from a clinch position um as I say, I've got my own thoughts on what you know reasons around that and things, but I just wondered if you had any thoughts on that incident, Travis, and what your thoughts might be as to how that came together or what it, how it could have been dealt with. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it's interesting because I did actually. Um. Orlando released a statement on how that all came about too. Oh yes, and... yes. I did see something he put. He put out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was mainly like uh, Strickland getting on him about uh, how like jujitsu wasn't a real like combat art and all the trophies like didn't mean anything and he, he was ragging on him pretty good. So when you, I think when you get it, it's his life. Like he's a competitor and someone's demeaning it and saying like you're not a fighter you're not this you're not that and like i could and there's a state and this is all off of the one statement so i'm only i really only know the one side sure. or read the one side i guess and then watched the video but like there was a statement where he, he had said like yeah he was calling me like this and that names and all this other stuff and then he's like i would straight up knock you out in a real fight kind of thing so i don't know i i don't it was fast that that sucks they both have upcoming fights so i'm i'm very big on protecting your training partner and having like safe environments but they're both like at the top of their game, like they're at the top of level sure. in their separate areas. And you probably shouldn't have your arm like that. Like it, it was very lazy of them to yep. keep it there. And so then that, uh, I, I probably, I think the heat was too high between the two of them. Uh, I don't think uh, they probably should have been in the ring together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like whoever, whoever set that up was, I don't know, looking for something. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I know people record a lot of things anyway nowadays, don't they? But just the sheer fact that it was recorded and there was all that, like you say, the pre-build up that seems to have riled both guys. I think it was, it was one of those things that the guys knew it was probably going to get quite tasty. And, you know, it just probably wasn't conducive to either guy to have gone in at you know, 
at any point to to take that that role on. Uh, but I do I do agree with you in terms of uh, Sean's hand positioning. Probably wasn't the best. The kind of point that I made to a few people as well is that you know what else did Sean expect given that he's going in with a guy who's probably well I wouldn't even like to guess the weight difference wise but he's certainly heavier and bigger so anything he does is going to be in a a lot more forceful than perhaps you know intention wise might dictate you know well, so I think of course. He's not only heavier and, like, definitely heavier set guy, but he's fast and agile. Like, He's deceptive for a big guy, isn't he? (laughs) he, It doesn't seem like he should be able to do what he does, but he floats, it seems, when he rolls. (laughs) Perhaps he's read some uh, some really advanced physics books that I need to get hold of because... uh, Has to. (laughs) Very useful stuff in there. Yeah. And then and then the stuff that followed that incident, it seemed, I don't know, it seemed like uh, someone's ego got hurt and he couldn't handle it. And then, yeah, it came in these little outbursts. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the little outburst of, um, yeah, that, that's definitely ego, isn't it, talking? I mean, I know it happens. It, it happens, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest, it happens with myself from time to time when I get caught that I have a little... Ah, moment <laughs> but you know as you as you go through you've got to accept that you've got to accept that you know you are going to get caught you are going to get tapped right and verbalizing things is probably not the best way to do it but like you say when you're professional you know in upcoming fights and things I understand that stuff can get the better of you sometimes yeah yeah totally I, I think it was just uh it was definitely a poor setup by whoever's coach thought that that would be a good one so i think the blame should lay on whoever put those two together especially with what led up to it um i think level heads would prevail a lot better in that situation and give you a better training session for sure yeah just take a breath gentlemen just take a breath right While we're on um, incidents as well, of course, this happened a few weeks prior, or it might even be a month or so now. My timeline is all messed up. But um, do, what do you do? You have any thoughts on the Gordon Ryan Andre Galvao slapping incident? Do what <laughs> I, I I love that actually. I think, <laughs> <if> someone, <laughs> I think if someone steps up to you, you you have two options. You can just continue to walk or see what's going to happen and give him a slap and what happened he actually slapped him twice i was gonna say yeah there was two wasn't it i've seen i've only seen one i only saw the video where there was one oh. but yeah there, there was two so yeah if, if uh because where did i see? i saw it on the on the joe rogan podcast when he had gordon on there so you watch it on there and like you just catch the first one and then it goes into like the next couple and i think Again, they're two people at the highest levels, and if you're stepping up to someone like off camera, that's that's an aggressive thing. We're taught to defend ourselves, and there's bad blood between them. It was it was interesting to see Galvao's reaction. He didn't do anything. He was just stunned, and then like you step up to someone and you're like. I don't know why he slapped me. I didn't. I don't get it. It's like, well, and, and like he's had MMA fights, so 
don't know. I thought it was interesting his reaction that he didn't do anything. He was just stunned by it. Well, I think I, I can't remember if this was um, sort of the approach that was taken on the Rogan podcast or elsewhere, but I, I seem to remember someone describing in, in a sense of it almost being like a, a dad and a son standing against each other in that the Galvio took or tried at least to, to look as though he was taking the higher ground and remaining calm, not reacting and trying to, again, remain calm and logical about everything and Gordon was almost letting his temper run away with him. I thought that was a really interesting sort of analogy to things. I don't necessarily agree entirely that it you know, came across that way, but I suppose that's one way you could look at it, that Galvao was just trying to maintain his composure. Um, did the slap really do that much damage to him? As you said, he is a, a seasoned MMA competitor as well, so perhaps he was just trying to hold his, hold his nerve. Um, it definitely could be. I, I don't know. Though. I, I think well, perhaps he was scared. We don't know. <laughs> I think it rattled him. I think he never expected it from Gordon Ryan. Everyone just thinks Gordon Ryan like flaps his mouth. So when he backs it up, like he backed it up every single time he's been on the mats. But to back it up off camera, I think that uh, I think that rattled him and sure. made him think about it again. <laughs> and you know, even though I've only seen the one slap, it was loud. I mean, that resonated. That that had some that had some stake behind it. That didn't it? <laughs> oh, it, it was it was a heavy slap. It sounded like one of those uh, slap contests. Like you see those where they like. Hang on to a table. <laughs> Those are fantastic. Those are absolutely fantastic. I, I truly don't get that. I I understand MMA. I understand punching and kicking and like trying to choke someone out. But just to sit there and eat a slap, I I, I don't get it. <laughs> what, what sort of mindset do you have to be in to look at that sort of thing and think, yeah? Uh, you know, I can have some of that. <laughs> it, it's got to, it had to originate from two people drinking. That, that's where that sport had to come oh, from. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. That, that yeah, had to be. Because I've been there where you're like, oh, yeah, I could take a slap. And then you get a slap and then you go back and forth. But, and then there's that other one where they, uh, go arms distance away and then they can't move their feet but they can dodge that, oh, those are pretty cool too I like watching yes. those videos yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's even better well you know for the guys taking part it's got to be even easier when there have been a few beers or ciders involved but yeah it's, it's so entertaining to watch uh, <laughs> perhaps not the best way to make money but you know <laughs> Not that I'm definitely not. There, there's got to be better ways. <laughs> yeah, you know, teach jujitsu people. It, it's it's far better, far safer. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any? Uh, obviously, I know things are a little bit different at the moment because of certain restrictions and things. But do you have any plans for any competitions yourself in the, you know, in the sort of near future or anything? Um, it's actually uh, for us right now. For the last two weeks, we 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 were allowed to open. So, we oh great! Have been, as yeah, as in, as in fully open now. That's that's yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, um, so what had went down was like uh, I I really 
try it. I was watching all the news things and all that, and I found I was like getting depressed with all the garbage I was getting spread in in various ways. And then um, I read the recent announcement, and it was all sports, adult and youth are allowed to open. So I was excited. It, it was great to have the community back. And so, yeah, I've been up and running, like, full, like not full capacity, but uh, uh, we're bringing it back. And uh, that being said, with the com- competitions, I have a July 3rd comp coming up, both Gi and No Gi. Okay. I am stoked for every Everything's legal other than uh, slamming. So, Even with the Gi? Even with the Gi. Uh, it's um, it's down in Lethbridge. Lethbridge is cowboy country, essentially, like the cowboy mentality. Everyone kind of calls it that way. I think so. you. I don't know if you recall, but my um, I have family in Canada. This is one of the reasons why I you know, kind of visited a frequent amount. But my nephew was at university in Lethbridge, so I know Lethbridge not well but you know i know in that sense and as soon as you say that i know exactly what you mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's interesting and that's uh that'll be at uh lee means gym down at canadian martial arts center so i think that we have a crew of about 10 to 15 people going down and it's like the first competition uh since these restrictions have lifted so I think that it's going to be a crazy turnout. Which oh, you, you guys awesome. are going to have such a ball when you get down there. It's going to be a it's going to be a great event, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it, it's he puts on a really good one, and it's uh, in a format that is very much suited to our club mentality. And it's uh, round robin, uh, sub only style. So you have five minute matches. Um, if you win, you get three points, lose, you get zero. And if you draw, you get one point each. And then the person with the most points wins the division. So it really, okay. It really makes you want to go after that sub. If you want to get the points. With. That, that's a very interesting um, format to things. I must say, because uh, again, you know, we still were, uh, not in a stage of having competitions or anything running at the moment, at least in the UK, but I've not heard of that particular format before. And that sounds really, really interesting to have uh, comps running in that way. It's yeah, something that's very new to me, I must say. I'll, I'll have to send you the rule set because um, a lot be of competitions around here are actually running something similar. Like uh, the, we have a couple um, one of the bigger ones is sub submission ace and uh, they they run the same style so you it's a round robin so you get generally uh, round robin close five closest weight and uh, you go through it so you get a ton of experience you have people actively going after submissions which definitely suits me a lot better I, I, IBJJF rules, they, I find them boring. I mean, if you're not going for the submission, what are we, what are we even doing here? 
Sure. Uh, <laughs> you, you, people get to play a lot of the points game rather than the actual submission game, don't they, with those rule sets? Yeah, and, and then there's, like, the games within games, which I'm all for, and I can go that way, but even when I go into one of those tournaments, I still... I'll give up good position to go after submissions. So, sure. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm definitely more submission oriented and there's three tournaments that I know of in Alberta that run the same style system. So it works very, very well for me and my, and my team going for going after the subs and going after the win rather than sitting back after getting one takedown and just trying to maintain a position. Yeah. There's, there's almost a, well, it's a hollow victory in that sense, isn't there? But knowing that you've gone all the way through to a successful submission is a, a real advocacy that you've done something well, isn't it? Or you've you know, performed that, that particular round well. I, I think it's definitely the way to go. Um, I think regardless if you get the submission in 30 seconds or at the last second of the round it's still essentially what we train because if you're training on the mats every day on okay this is how you get two points and then you hold side control you're you're missing so much else and i don't know any club that does that so sure when it comes down to that reality it's like uh why why would you why would you take that approach in my mind what do you think of the ebi overtime uh rule sets in terms of deciding a winner um i i, I love the idea of the of the overtime the one thing that I don't know, and I don't know how to fix it, but I like the back control because you get there all the time. Uh, the spider web, that, that's made me personally train spider web position. So like just that basic armbar position for those that don't know the lingo. Um, so basic armbar from the side. The thing is, the armbar from the side, you're already like 80% in a sub. Whereas the back control, you're just kind of in a, you're just in back control. So I don't know how to fix the spider web position because it's weird. If you're skilled and you're not uh, letting people get there, it's rare that you actually get to that position. So you don't have to train it as much, but it's definitely made me train it more because I know that that's going to be coming up in a lot more tournaments for sure sure it's interesting to hear you say that because that very closely mimics my kind of thoughts around ebi in that there's almost a there's almost a, a big disparity between those two positions and uh, yeah again i just think exactly the same the back control is something that happens quite frequently as a means of control and there's lots of different things that can happen off of there but the spider the spider web is just so I don't know, so specific, I guess, and such a, a a set moment in any grappling bout that it's yeah. I, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's 
you're kind of right having those two almost alongside each other. But like you say, in terms of fixing it, I wouldn't know. But <laughs> it's just interesting to hear someone else along the similar sort of mindset to that, really. Because um, I suppose otherwise you could even things out a little bit by having back control, but you'll choke 80% sunk in, which I don't think anyone would go for, but, you know. Yeah, (laughs) and and I think that's um, essentially what it would be. It would be a choke that you already have your arm under the chin. And with spiderweb, there's one thing that you're going after, and that's the armor. (laughs) And they get to decide which arm. Which is again like you have to train both sides of that escape route. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's definitely made me look at that a lot and play around with that position. But the, there's got like I and I again I don't know how to fix it. But <laughs> and I, I really think that the op- two options is best. But I don't know what a second option would be. <laughs> Well, we, we obviously we won't push you to answer that at this time of the morning, sir, because you've already had, you know so many questions from me. I'm not going to drive you for an answer on how to fix the EBI over time. <laughs> Perhaps I'll that's something that, that you know we could come up with in due course, and we'll uh, send an answer over to Eddie Bravo at some point. But you know, for <laughs> now, we'll leave it unanswered. <laughs> well. You know, more important matters now because we've, you know, we've put this off for a little while. Um, we started with this topic and I'd very much like to finish it, finish with it because it's far more important to me than martial arts and BJJ. Um, no, that, well, that's, that's not true for anyone listening in, but it's, you know, it kind of is. Um, what's your favourite thing about Canada? Come on, let's go back to it. Favourite <laughs> <laughs> uh, thing about Canada? i camping out here gotta be camping that or ice caps uh, i like my i like my timmy's ice caps too <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah you get an ice cap you throw a extra espresso shot in it and you're good to go oh my god so i've just i I set up my my mac while we were talking just now in anticipation of you know just the bits we were going to talk about and um, i've just Googled. It's just some bits of, yeah, that the ice caps come up, and I just, oh, I just really want one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, that's, uh, that's pretty much the payment for anything. If someone wants me to help them move, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy that has a truck. So I, I have a truck that has a long bed, and so if they need stuff moved, I generally, I'll, I'll help. But most people know the payment is an ice cap. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on how long the job takes, it's, you know, one, two, three ice caps or, you know. <laughs> Very much. There, the right? ice cap generally leads into a beer if it's that long. Ah, I see. Well, that, that's, that's good that, you know, you've got that transition in place as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's good because <laughs> it's not that big of a payment. But most people know that I, I do enjoy the odd ice cap or <laughs> you go that way. It's, it's not the expense of it, but it means a lot to you, right? So that's, you know, it's, it's the thought that counts, ultimately. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and other than that, it's just a beautiful country, especially where I'm at right now. Um, we've talked about the mountains, and uh, I have a little dog, or not not a little dog, I call her a little dog, but uh, I have a dog that we go hiking with pretty much every day, and you can hike around here, and just out back from my place like you just walk out the door and you start hiking and you can hike on a trail every day of the week and you can find a new trail right every day which is amazing i think i've seen some of your pictures you post of your of your of your pup um is it a labrador am i right you're thinking you labrador pup uh, or it, black one yeah she's a well she's um half golden retriever and half german shepherd actually oh so, okay <laughs> yeah my is yeah we can go into a quick little story uh my parents they have purebred golden retrievers and it so happened that a husky or not a husky a, a german shepherd jumped the fence <laughs> and got one of them pregnant right <laughs> and uh <laughs> We went there to see the puppies, myself and my wife, and uh, we went to see the puppies, and five of these little, like, tubby dogs were coming up and, like, kind of mauling us and all this other stuff, and then they just tuckered themselves out, and we were having a blast, and then the sixth one, after the five others were, like, done, the sixth one just kind of wanders and sat at my wife's foot, like, right on her foot. Oh, yeah, and I was like, I think we're getting a dog. <laughs> and yeah, that was that was uh, dog chums here, guys. I remember when my wife and I went to get our puppy. We have a well, she's not a puppy now, but um, when we got her, she was a small puppy. We have a beagle, and uh, we chose her because when the uh, breeder let her out of the cage she was running around and just ran herself into a wall uh, <laughs> so she, we thought yeah we, we'll have that one she's a bit weird uh, <laughs> yeah it suits it suits the personalities i think yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw the one that <laughs> yeah, came out after everyone was like okay I'm, i don't like crowds i was like hey me neither <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant yeah well and she She's actually, I don't know if you've caught a couple of the stories on my Instagram, but uh, the logo of my wife's uh, dog treat company is my is my pup too. So, Oh, fantastic. Because I did wonder that. I've, see, I've seen, obviously, that you've, you've had a lot of, of posts around the, the, the dog treat company and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's brilliant. Um, what's the name of the company again? What's the... Uh, Give Love Pet Confectionery. So, oh. yeah, you just check that out on Instagram. And uh, I'm sure that she would love a few more followers, too. <laughs> For sure. But, so uh, go along, guys. Go along and like and follow, please. Yeah, because it's, it's awesome. It, I, I think uh, a lot of people hate Instagram and stuff. And I, I don't like social media so much. But it, it's a great way to be able to see, see businesses help and help them vicariously just through following them even because it yeah. helps expose them to more and more people so that in that way i think uh social media is pretty cool but yeah other than that i i, I try to stay off of it 
as much as possible. I think, like like you say, there is Instagram sort of you well not unique, but it's a little bit better for that side of things in that you're publicising more images rather than actually interacting with people. <laughs> There's not so much of a bit like Facebook where you send messages to each other or comments, but at Instagram, it's a bit more like you see something and you think, oh, is that relevant to me? I'll like that. If not, I'll move on. You don't necessarily interact so much, which, again, suits someone like me who's ultimately very antisocial. <laughs> yeah, it, it works in that way where you and the greatest thing about Instagram is if you're having a conversation with someone and you just like their last one, that can essentially end the conversation without <laughs> having that awkward thing. So you're good to go. It's, that's my favorite thing about it is just liking it and they see a heart. It's like, God, okay. that's, that's, that's a very good point. I think you just liked the last thing I sent you, didn't you? <laughs> Most likely, most likely. Well, well, at least you liked it. Most people don't like what I talk to them about anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do. I'm, I'm messing around, obviously. <laughs> oh, how's your podcast coming along? Because I know you have a podcast as well, don't you, sir? The Sleepless Mind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually got two because I got uh, a couple of comments about uh, – some people wanting more jujitsu ones, so I got Coach Travis for the jujitsu side and martial arts side, and then I got the Sleepless Mind one going. And I'm coming up with the next uh, podcast on it on there. It's uh, it's been stifled a little bit just because I I run like dark horse martial arts, and then during the day I'm a mechanic. So pretty much have two full-time jobs. And so it, it, uh, it, there, there's a little bit of time that I have to put into the podcast. Sure. But the next one, next one will be coming up. Um, it'll be on, I, I did one on Ancient Aliens and I feel I didn't do it justice, mainly because I was just starting out and I didn't know how I wanted them to go. But it uh, takes a little bit of organizing, I guess, doesn't it, it just to it, get it all right and everything? Yeah, and I'm very much, I go over everything all the time, and it's, um, yeah, it's something that my mind just doesn't let go. But I think uh, ancient cultures, so like an ancient civilization one will be coming up here soon and see how that one comes about. But I've been. Uh, I guess the podcast comes from myself not sleeping, so I have lots of time to <laughs> lots of time to plan it, and I got a ton of notes. So yeah, next one should be dropping here uh, early next month for sure. Brilliant. Well, guys, please do like Coach Travis and the Sleepless Mind podcasts because they are really, really interesting to listen to. I was going to ask about where the name for the Sleepless Mind came from. Of course, probably fairly obvious, but, you know, just to double check that I wasn't reading that wrong or anything. But... <laughs> yeah, no, it, was, uh, it just came, kind of came about. I, I, have, I don't know what kind of insomnia, but it's not like, where you, well, sometimes I stay up for a couple of days, but... That, that's becoming more and more rare, but it's generally about uh, that two to three hours of sleep a night. And then every now and then I just don't sleep. 
So that that's where that comes from, and it's just where my mind goes because sometimes it it just does nothing, and that drives me crazy. So <laughs> I I tend to re well. I, I fall down these wormholes on my phone because this thing has every piece of knowledge ever. And I'll start on one thing or I'll hear something in the background and then I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and then you just fall down this wormhole of... Yep. A lot there's, of... there's countless memes around that, isn't there? That, you know, you start watching a, a cat video, a cat playing a you know, piano or something, and then an hour later you're learning about, you know, ancient pyramids or something, you know, it just goes off yeah, on big tangents. It, it spirals, it spirals out of control and having <laughs> a few extra hours a day kind of, it helps that, but yeah, it's probably not, there's probably better ways to invest <laughs> my time. I, well, at least having a podcast, you can think your thought processes through, and it gives you, you know, some verbalization of how your how your mind is coming together with these ideas, right? It's oh, chance for you to think them all through. Oh, definitely, and like there is one, and uh, it's like the immortal podcast I did, and it was on like the animals and stuff like that that um, are essentially immortal, so like the hydra and. Uh, not so much immortal for the naked mole rat, but it can live up to like 30 some years, which is a crazy lifespan for a rodent. And right. that one randomly came about because I heard Hydra, and then it made me think of um, the Disney movie Hercules. Then <laughs> <Right. laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, he fought a Hydra. <laughs> like, I'm gonna watch that again. Then I watched it again, and yeah, it just spiraled from there. So that's where that <laughs> one came from. See that—that's not so random. There are links there. It's just you know <laughs> how we get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, a bit like for some people, it might be confusing how you get to the back from God, but you know, with steps, you can get there, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, Travis, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you again. Um, I, you know, I'm really thankful that you've taken the time to come on board and, and join us for for, for, for this morning. Um, I feel like I've probably taken up enough of your your morning, and I <laughs> feel like I want to let you, you know, get on with getting ready for the rest of your day. Um, but honestly, thank you so much for coming on board. It's really been great to catch up with you. Um, I look forward to seeing you at some point in the in the future when I'm allowed to pop back over. And if anyone is ever in the Canmore area of Canada, I highly recommend popping along to Dark Horse Martial Arts and seeing Travis and the guys there. They were so gracious in welcoming me a couple of years ago, and you know, so so welcoming and taking time to you know have me on board and everything. And that was absolutely fantastic the, probably the best part of my, my trip over to Canada last time I was I was there and that's that's absolutely true um so thank you for all of that I wanted to just leave the the last few moments of course with you just to you know let's say say uh, you know goodbyes and things and uh, let you have the last word on things sir so um yeah over to well, you Travis yeah <laughs> well no thank you for having me on your podcast it it's great to hear your voice again and talk again. It's um, it's something that I never thought I would be doing. 
is podcasts are talking to people through a computer, but uh, I'm grateful for it. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It it is. It's a great way to communicate and keep in touch. So it's pretty cool that way. But yeah, I can't wait to have you back on the mats over here. Um, I guess one of the things that you could look up is Banff, Canada, mainly because that's a little bit bigger and more known than Canmore, but we're about 15 minutes away, which is... I guess in your terms, a little bit longer of a drive, but not too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, for a no. Canadian, that's a walking distance, isn't it? it a Fifteen-minute drive. <laughs> well, there is a pathway in between that you can walk. <laughs> um, but no, thank you for having me on the podcast, and yeah, definitely look forward to ha- seeing you over here, and hopefully, if it well received maybe we'll do this again a couple more times oh for sure i would love to have you back on man would love to have you back on we'll um, have a chat and we'll sort out some different days and times and things that i know are suitable for you and, and stuff um anyone listening in that hasn't already gone over to travis's podcasts please do that now please pop over drop a like and a follow and a uh, you know, just get uh, get your head around uh, using Spotify or whatever other app you use in order to, <laughs> to to get on those because they are really really interesting. And uh, if you ever are in the Canada or Calgary area or anywhere you know in in that side of the world, then please do make a point of trying to get over to see Travis and the team at Dark Horse because you really will not regret it. It really will be worth your while. So, thank you again for coming on board, sir. I will be in touch very soon, and um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Sounds good. You too. Thank you. See you soon, Travis. You. And that's all from us at the Cauliflower Chronicles podcast.